Amen. Praise God. Amen. It feels so good to be in the house of the Lord with everyone here today and to be in the house of the Lord with His Spirit here with us. Amen. And I am honored to be in God's house with all of you and to be able to be with my friends, Brother and Sister Hughes. We're so glad to have this opportunity today. And then for all of you who I've known, some friends that I've known, well, they knew me before I could pretty much talk, are here in this place today. And I'm really glad to have my family with me as well, my wife and my children. I'm so glad, always glad to have my wife here with me. Amen. It's good to have my brother, my sister, their families, my father, my mother. Hallelujah. It's just good to have everybody here. Amen. Some of my wife's family here. We're just, everybody, we're just so glad to be here with you. Amen. Um, Praise God. I just want God to have his way today for just a few moments. And uh, I don't know, you know, I always come expecting God to do something. And I've learned this, that if you'll come expecting God and believing that whatever it is that you come to him for, God doesn't respond to needs. He responds to faith. There are people all over this world with needs, but then there are people with needs that have faith. I believe I'm looking at a bunch of people with faith here this morning. Because you got out of bed when you wanted to sleep in. This was a real good sleep in day, wasn't it? Amen. But you know, you chose to get up while it was cloudy and dreary and the sun wasn't shining and a little bit of rain came down. And you said, hey... I don't know about anybody else, but for as for me and my house, we're going to go to the house of God. And I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So I just, I want to just give you a quick word this morning. And again, special honors. Thank you. I'd like to honor the pastor at his lovely wife this morning. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I also want to say it's good to have a friend of ours who used to be a member of our church up in Fort Worth where I pastor. Uh, Dory, we're glad you're here with us as well. Amen. And uh, praise God. You may be seated. May the 10th, 1996. A severe and sudden storm trapped several climbers high on Mount Everest as they were descending from the summit. In what has become the deadliest single tragedy in the mountain's climbing history, a total of eight people perished on that day. A New York Times bestseller and documentary titled Into Thin Air described the tragedy. One of the guides was world-renowned Seattle climbing guide Scott Fisher, that was his name, who took people on the climb for about eh, 65000 a person. Not a bad deal, is it? Just kidding. 
Scott was one of a handful to have peaked the two highest points on earth. Those two highest points are Mount Everest and K2. The climbers got into a storm, though, on that day of about a 7,500-mile-an-hour wind and snow flurries that kept them from seeing more than a couple of feet ahead of them. Uh, There, let me just stop and say, as one man said, there is discipline. They can understand the risk. I told them, you can succeed. It's not likely the first time. Maybe 25%. But you can succeed. But you can also die. That's what one man said. Ed Vesters, a guide who was on Mount Everest in 1996 when several climbers died after reaching the peak, he said this, that getting to the top of the mountain is optional, but getting down is mandatory. A lot of people get focused on the summit and they forget that. There is less oxygen at 8,000 feet above sea level than at sea level. In fact, it's about a third as much. Now imagine 29,000 plus feet above sea level and you have Mount Everest. Others have a rush of blood to head to, to, to begin to, uh, to the head when they're climbing uh, to compensate for the lack of oxygen. The blood rushes to the head And it swells while they're climbing. Some get a high-altitude cough that can be so severe that it breaks their lungs. The question I have today is, why would people risk life and limbs for a sport? Why would people be willing to lose their fingertips, their toes, their life just to climb a mountain? It... It has awed me and amazed me at some people who have just such a determination. I'm intrigued, I'll be honest with you, I'm intrigued with that kind of dedication because the people that climb the mountain, they they train and prepare for years before they go just for about a month out of their life. They train for years to prepare for this. Why would people do such a thing? I'll tell you why. Because... Of the risk involved. The risk. The challenge. People climb the mountain because it's there. And it's constantly saying to them, climb me. I dare you. Whether you mountain climb or whether you surf or whether you raise children. There's an art to that too. Or whether you run your own business, you take risks. I must say that being a Christian and standing up for what you believe in requires risk as well. And my text this morning is found in Daniel chapter 3 and verses 16 through 18. I'll be reading that this morning. Amen. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. If you would just stand with me for the honor of reading God's word. Amen. Praise God. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, 
O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. If it be so, now pay attention here, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Either way, he's going to deliver us out of your hand. Okay? But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, i got to stop and say, these guys were risk takers. Do you understand what they just did in front of the king? Do you understand what they just told the king? They said, look, we're not going to bow down to your little golden idol over there. We refuse to give in. We refuse to bow down. And look, our God's going to save us. But if he don't, somebody in this house today needs to make up your mind and say, my God is going to save me from this situation. But if he doesn't, I'm still going to stand and serve. I'm not. Hallelujah. Well, I, I need to take my time. Amen. Lord, would you just bless this moment, this moment that we have together in your presence, in your house. I thank you for this wonderful group of people that have come and gathered together today. Now, Lord, bless our efforts to receive your word. I know that you have a word for someone. Let them be receptive to receive it. Let their ears be open to hear it. Let their heart be tilled up to receive the seed of your word. Lord, we ask it in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. Give God a big hand clap of praise if you would. You may be seated. I'm going to go quickly. One of the latest trends among the misnamed slacker generation is the growth of extreme sports. Any sport, any activity, it seems, is better if taken to some new extreme. Snowboarding, for example. We have any snowboarders in the building besides me? I see another one, another one. We have a couple of snowboarders in the building. Amen. Snowboarding is great, but it's not great enough, so let's airboard. What is airboarding? It's when you put a snowboard on 30,000 feet up and jump out of a plane. Yeah, that's extreme. And they do that. Mountain biking, rollerblading, skiing, everything is being taken to new, more daring extremes by Generation Xers. Where do you think they get the term the X Games from? Of course... The only place most of us ever see the performances of these extreme athletes is from the depths of the lounge chair parked in front of the TV. We watch these Gen Xers shake our heads and talk about what ridiculous risks they are taking just to have fun. But do you know who's really taking the biggest risk here? The two most risky recreational sports in the world today are the armchair Olympics and the couch potato championships. While we're just sitting there watching the extreme athletes, our own blood pressure is slowly rising. 
Cholesterol starts piling up in our arteries. Internalized stress mounts. Our lungs take wimpy, inefficient breaths. And our muscle tone begins to deteriorate. Now, let's contrast that with the crazy athletes. While apparently risking life and limb, the extreme athlete keeps his or her body fit and in shape. Stress levels are lower and there is that euphoric uh, uh, rush that just generally makes them feel good. In the long run, hurling through the air with a snowboard on your feet may be a lot less risky than sitting in that chair. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. Getting on the top of the world or anything worthwhile involves risk and persistence. Can can I preach to you just for a few moments this morning, risk takers? Can, can, Can I preach to you for a few moments, risk takers? I've got to take just a few moments to talk to some people out there because I believe that I'm looking at some people who are some risk takers. You may not know it yet and you may not have come to that understanding yet, but hopefully before the end of this morning service, you will realize that God has called you to be a risk taker. Can we clap our hands unto God and give him praise? Let me just kind of, let me me mess with you just for a minute. There's no such thing as a risk-free life. A life without risk is not really living. It's simply existing. You cannot be, you cannot not be a risk taker. Why? Because to play it safe is often the bigger risk. You probably didn't even think about it or don't even know, but you took considerable risks getting here to church today. Risks such as a one in two million chance of dying by falling out of bed this morning. While brushing your teeth, you flirted with the 20% chance that your local water supply has infectious bacteria in it. Men here, the men here endured a one in 7,000 chance of serious shaving injury. A risk of one in 145 of your cars being stolen still awaits. And whatever you do, do not ride in automobiles. They cause 20% of all fatal accidents. Do not stay at home either. 17% of all accidents occur in the home. Do not walk on the street or the sidewalk. 14% of all accidents occur to pedestrians. Do not travel by air. Rail or water because they may not find your plane if you do go down. 16% of all accidents happen on these. By the way, only one in a thousand deaths occur at church. So guess where the safest place? Guess where the safest place to be is? You're here. <laughs> It's the same way with Christianity. It is a risk. A risk of being misunderstood. A risk of being judged by others. It's a risk to live for Jesus Christ. But Jesus told his followers that he wanted them to be risk takers. Don't 
play life. Don't take life. Don't live life in the safe zone. You need to live life in the faith zone. God has not called us to play it safe. He's called us, on the contrary, to step out when it doesn't make sense, to obey him when it doesn't add up on paper. He has called us to be risk takers. Those willing to risk nothing actually risk losing everything. In Matthew 14, chapters 22 through 29, we find Jesus bidding one of his disciples to take a do or die risk. You know that story. I'm not going to put that up there. But the story is while they were in the boat and the storm began to rage, they were trying to go to the other side. And the water began, because of the wind, the water began, the waves began to roll. And the rain began to come down and the wind began to howl. And out in the middle of the storm was the figure of a person. And he began to, the Bible says that they feared, they were, it scared them. But there was one of those 12 on that boat that day that said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. (laughs) The problem is, is when we identify our Lord, and then when he says, come, that's the hard part. Because now Jesus has asked him to do something that is not even possible. God's not going to ask you to do the possible. He expects you to do that. He's going to ask you to do the impossible. The impossible is, Peter, if you want to come to me, then come. But Lord, it's raging storm outside and the waves are high and the winds are blowing and and, and the storm. How many of you have ever experienced in the middle of the storms of your life, that's when God comes to you and says, okay, are you tired of the storm? Are you sick of the storm? If you are, then I'm going to ask you to do something a little off the wall. And so he, he bid him to come. And, of course, Peter, impetuous Simon Peter, steps out and he begins to walk. And as he walks, he begins to realize, I'm walking on water. Nobody has ever done this before. No man, no, we have no history of that ever. And nobody's done it after. That I know of. Now, when we was kids, we'd get by the swim pool, and we would run as fast as we could, and they keep trying to run on the water. Anybody try to do that? We tried to walk on water. Anybody? Am I the only one that did that? Where's y'all's faith? I mean, we ran and we ran, and then we said, "Well, that ain't working," so we got one of those little body boards, and we ran. And anyway, that that was dangerous too. <laughs> Amen. But Peter literally walked on water. I can't tell you how amazing that must have been that day. Because those other 11 were going, Hey, what? Can you, can you, can, 
you believe what? Is that real? He must be on the stepping stones out there. No, they were in the middle. It was deep. There was no stepping stones. Jesus was the stone. (laughs) He was the chief cornerstone. And every time Peter took a step, the stone, Jesus Christ, was right there to keep him above the water. Let me tell you today, I'm not going to be much longer, but I want to tell you that God is calling somebody to be a risk taker. But in order to be a risk taker, there's some things you've got to understand. That God is going to make you feel uncomfortable before he beckons you to take a risk. He's going to put you some, how many of you right now, let's be honest, we're not on video, are we right now? Okay, good, we're not being broadcast on the WWW. Here's my question. My question to you this morning is, how many of you right now feel like you are going through something in your life and you need some, you need some direction? I see one hand. Come on, be real about it. Be real about it. We're all together here today. Look at all these hands. And let me just tell you, there's some people in here that have never received Jesus Christ into your life. And can I tell you that the greatest thing, I dare you to take a risk today on Jesus. If you take a risk on him and let him become the Lord of your life, you will become the most happiest. Your worst day with Christ is way better than your best day without him. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Let me tell you about risk takers real quick. Am I, I hope I'm not taking too long. Risk takers keep climbing. Risk takers keep walking away from the boat. Risk takers keep standing up and saying, I'm not going to bow. Risk takers don't dare break. They don't dare give up. They don't dare give in. That's why, hear me, that's why on the top of Mount Everest there are one body after another because there were people that said, I'm willing to give my life. If they're willing to give their life to climb the top of God's creation, how much more should we, the church, be willing to give our life to reach this How much more should we, the church? Be willing to risk our lives. And so, risk takers, they keep climbing. They, they climb past dead bodies. Do you, you understand? They, they climbed past people last week that didn't make it. You can't let what other people do and the people that fall out and the people that choose to quit living for God and the people that choose to not serve God, don't you let them affect you. Pray for them. Lift them up and ask God to save them. But don't you dare let them stop you. Oh, my God. Don't hold. Don't let them stop you from going where God's called you to go. Don't let them stop you from where God has called you to go. God's taken you to a place that you've never been before. And you're going to see his glory. You're going to see his splendor. You're going to see his power. Hang in there, risk taker. Hang in there, risk taker.
It ain't going to make sense. It's not going to add up on paper. Is this all right? Stand to your feet and clap your hands and love him for a moment. Hear me. Many, many risk takers don't make it to the top the first time. In fact, most of them don't. John Maxwell says it like this fail forward, but just keep moving forward. Hear me today. You're going to fall. But don't fall sitting around not doing anything. Fall while you're taking a risk. Make sure you're in the middle of doing something you've never done before. Make sure that you're in the middle of trying to pursue the purpose of God and the plan of God before you fall flat on your face. And remember that when you do fall flat, if I were to fall, I'm not going to do it because it would really hurt me right now. But if I were to fall... I would fall forward, and then when I got up, I would be in another location. I'd be further to my goal, closer to my goal than I was before I fell. I'm telling you, risk takers, hear me today. It is taking a risk, but I'm telling you, there's, there's nobody worth taking a risk on like Jesus. Some people are taking a risk on, uh, on different gods, and I could go through and talk about uh, all the different gods, Buddha, and, and all the people that, uh, Joseph Smith, and all these, uh, all this, all this false religion out there. I could talk about that, but the fact is this, is there is no other person who conquered death, hell, and the grave. And for those of you who are here, who are contemplating on giving your life to Jesus Christ, if you're contemplating on surrendering to Him and letting Him be the Lord of your life. Now listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're going to take a risk. Here's where you're going to take a risk. People are going to, people, if you take a risk and jump out and say, I'm going to be a radical, I'm going to be a saved Christian, I'm going to serve God with all my heart, and I'm going to make that commitment today. You take a risk at losing friends. You take a risk at being cut off from family. There are people who have had family forsake them because they chose to be a Christian. But can I tell you, you will be so glad that you chose Jesus. It's not always that way, but sometimes you have to take a risk. And you have to say, God, it's do or die. I'm stepping out of the boat. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? Peter could have went and come back up and grab the boat and climb back in. What's the worst thing that could happen? I tell you, God's calling somebody to take a risk this morning. God's calling somebody. Let me, let me, let me finish with this and I'm done. When, when the Lord speaks, obey. Don't, don't, don't hesitate. When, when God's, now, if it contradicts his word, it wasn't God. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> But if it lines up with his word, 
and it doesn't contradict the word of God. When God speaks, and I say that to you today because the enemy can come as an angel of light. And he can, he's the great master deceiver. But you'll know when God speaks to you. There are ministries yet to be born in this church. There are young people who have yet to be set on a track for ministry and purpose. The greatest calling, the greatest thing you young people could ever do, hear me, is the, the work of God. Hands down. That's the greatest thing you could do. Keep getting your education. Do your best. Do the best you can. But remember, when God speaks, you obey. When God speaks, you obey. You can't go wrong. And let me tell you what happens. You realize, you know what? The more I obey, the more God puts me out on a limb. The more God makes me uncomfortable in the sense that he's asking me to do things that don't make any sense. You got to understand that that's the way God works. He wants to get out of the box of your reasoning. He wants to get out of the box of you trying to, sir, I don't care how logical you are. I don't care how analytical you are. You cannot figure out God. And when he begins to work, if you'll just obey him and lead your family and lead your children, lead your wife, I promise you. Maybe you're here today and not all your family's in the church. Maybe you live with people in the home that aren't saved. I want to encourage you today as well to tell you to keep living for God. Keep serving God. Keep taking risks unto the Lord for Him. And I promise you, as an example that you are to your family, it will come back to them. And they will be saved because of your efforts. Hey, let me say it this way. If your family member knew you could walk on water, what would they think about your God then? Now, I'm not saying, okay, here's what I'm saying. It may not be walking on water that they see you do. But if they see God working in you and performing the miraculous through you, they're going to be like, there really is a God. Because I know they can't do that by themselves. Ain't no way. Is, is, there, is there somebody? I don't even know. I'm, I'm closing with this altar call right here. Is there somebody here today who the Lord has been speaking to? He's been beckoning you to step out and take a risk. But you've been struggling because you've been looking at all the the people on the way up. And you've been distracted by those who have fallen. Or maybe you've been distracted by your job. Or you've been distracted by just life in general. And you've not really obeyed God's word. Is there somebody? And not that you disobeyed it. You just haven't acted on it yet. You just haven't stepped into it yet. You know, there's somebody here that's standing at the edge of the boat. This is what I see. And I'm closing with this. There's somebody who's standing in the boat still. God has called you. He's already said, just step out. And you you haven't yet taken that. You haven't ran from him, but you haven't pursued that word. Is there anybody in here this morning? You say, I'm ready to be a risk taker. 
and step out of the boat. What is it? What is it in your life? Is there somebody here today you've not yet chosen Jesus and committed your life to him completely, but you want to do that today? There's many, many, where there are people, there are needs. I know that. Is there somebody with a need today? You want to step out? Is there somebody today? I'm making an altar call. I'm, a, I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity. Thank you, sir. Is there anybody else who says, I know that I need to be a risk taker for God. I know that, that God has called me. That's it. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else that will come and, and, and say, I, I need to be, I need to step out of my comfort zone. I need to go ahead and begin to climb higher because I'm not committed myself to that level of climbing. I've, I've not done that. I've, I've just sustained. I've just maintained. But today I've got to go higher. Today I've got to rise above. Today I've got to step out of the boat. Today I've got to choose to stand and not bow down to anything that's not of God. Come on a little closer. Come on everybody. Let's step up just a little bit closer if you will. Let's make room. Let's make room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Everybody's welcome to come to the altar this morning. Hallelujah. Give glory to God.